scripture reading this morning with the story of Pentecost as it's given to us uh, by God through his word of Acts 2. Acts 2, we'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 12, and then we'll uh, also be reading shortly from Ezekiel 37, which will be our text for this morning. We begin with Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. And utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism? Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, What does this mean? Perhaps some of you are familiar with the music of Casting Crowns, a contemporary Christian group, and they speak powerful words in their lyrics. Much of their music is biblically based and includes passages from Scripture. But some years ago, they made a song that was titled, While You Were Sleeping. The lyrics from one of those uh, verses in the song goes as follows. America, what will we miss while we are sleeping? Will Jesus come again and leave us slumbering where we lay? America, will we go down in history as a nation with no room for its king? Will we be sleeping? Will we be sleeping? United States of America looks like another silent night. What these lyrics speak to America could apply to all North America, right? And it's very opposite to what happened, the story that we just heard in Acts 2. What most churches need today is revival. Now, before we get too fearful with this word revival, we have to go back centuries earlier to the 16th century and look at people like Martin Luther and John Calvin and many other revivalists. Yes, we we call them reformers, but they were revivalists through the Spirit of God. They were used by God to reform the church, but really what happened was a revival within the church, and the Protestant church was born. And the North American churches today... We need another reformation. We need another revival. A.W. Tozer, 20th century pastor and author, said it this way about the church. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do, or what we do, would go on. And no one would know the difference. Pretty harsh words. He goes on to say, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. End quote. 
The church today needs a revival. The church today needs an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. But wait, when we say it like that, are we saying that the Spirit is gone? Or are we saying we're not being obedient and open to the Spirit's working among us? Because I think the Spirit is here. It's the latter that we need to be aware of. Our church right now is on a biblically-based journey called Ritter Church Renewal. And Ritter Church Renewal is not a program, and that's why when people are asking, well, what is it all about? It's so difficult to explain because it's not a program. It is a journey of renewal. It's a journey of revival. A journey of transformation of people and the transformation of the church leading to one end goal of sharing the gospel message and being used by the Holy Spirit to bring people to Jesus. Again, Jesus is already ahead of us at the people, but he's waiting for us to be obedient. So the scripture passage that we're going to be reading today speaks of revival. It's nothing short of a revival that is happening in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 is not a story of the resurrection of the dead, but a revival and renewal of God's people. It is a revival of the living And as we go through it, just pay attention to the words spirit and breath, to the winds, to life, to God saying, I am the Lord. So Ezekiel 37, we read verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. And it was full of bones. And then he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together bone to bone. And then I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come, breathe from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. And they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spear in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. And then you know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. 
Wow, what a passage, what a story. And what we have in this story in Scripture is not just about sleeping bodies such as the Casting Crown song, but in this passage we have a vision of dead bodies, dried bones. Ezekiel was a prophet to prophesy to Israel. The people of Israel were disobedient. And as a result, they were taken into captivity. And there are consequences to disobedience and stubbornness. The nation of Israel was not just sleeping, they were dead. And things looked so hopeless. So the scene that we have before us through the reading this morning is a valley of dry bones. And it really, it can't get worse. Because there's, these bodies have been there for some time. They are bones and they are very dry. In verse 11 it states, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. It is a situation that appears hopeless. This valley of dry bones had no life. Israel had no life. These bones at one time were living, but now they're simply bones, not corpses. They're not even rotting, just very dry bones. Hopelessly dead. Israel was in captivity. Jerusalem had been destroyed. The life had been kicked out of the people. Life was bleak. Life appeared hopeless. And Ezekiel is facing hopelessness. And God brought him to this valley of dry bones. And he's led back and forth to get the point of this dead, hopeless valley. But even when things appear so hopeless from our perspective, all is not hopeless when God is at work. Things might appear hopeless, but there is always hope. In fact, in Matthew 19, verse 26, we read that with humanity, things can be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, Ezekiel gave quite a good answer. You alone know God. But he himself didn't really answer the question. He probably was answered it the way he did, thinking that the answer was, no, these bones probably can't live. Look, look how dry things are. Look how dead this valley is. When things look, look hopeless, they probably are hopeless. But it's through that conversation with Ezekiel and God that we're reminded that we have a sovereign Lord. And if anybody could get dead, very dry bones to live, God can and he does. Because God is sovereign. He is a God of hope. He is a God of life. God is a God of revival. And the sovereignty of God, the reign of God, the power of God is not just a theme in this passage, but it's a theme throughout the book of Ezekiel. And the phrase from our reading in verses 6 and 13 states, Then they will know that I am the Lord. And this phrase is mentioned at least 65 times throughout the book of Ezekiel. And God's power, His sovereignty is not limited to the temple, thankfully because the temple was destroyed. But God is mobile. God is free to judge. And He's equally free to be gracious. He's almighty. He's powerful. And God will get the attention of his people so that his people will know that he is the sovereign, mighty, powerful Lord. 
So how's God getting your attention and your submission today? How are you living your life reflecting that He is Lord of your life? God's not finished with His people. God has plans for the people of Israel and He's got plans for us. And even when things appear to be so dead and hopeless, we can expect God to surprise His people. Because God can bring life to that which seems so dead. And in verses 7 to 8, the bones, they start coming together as bodies. And this already is a big deal. But they're still just bodies. The bones have taken different forms, but they're still not alive. There's no life in them. They may look alive, but they're not. And that's how it can be so often today, too. I mean, a person could be a body on this earth, but are you fully living? Are you living your life for Jesus? Because without the breath of life, the bodies have no life. The bodies are useless. The bodies come together. They're coming together bone by bone. And the bones are attached to tendons and flesh and skin. They come over the bones and the bodies. But in verse 8 it states, But there was no breath in them. The bodies were useless until they received the breath of life. And God breathes life into these bodies. Our sovereign Lord can bring back to life what was so dead. He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is only God who can bring things to life. And God's not finished with His people. God has plans for His people Israel and plans for His people today. And He has plans for His church today because God is not finished. We read the familiar verse, right, in Jeremiah 29. Often people use this to talk about their own plans, but, and that's fine, but it's talking about the plans of the community, the plans of Israel. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call upon me and come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, and I will find you, declares the Lord. And in the New Testament, Ephesians 2 We hear the words from Paul. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great mercy and love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. God's plan for his people is to breathe life into his people through the Holy Spirit. Not to just have them as a body, but to have them as a living body. And he does this through the living spirit of Jesus. Today we celebrate Pentecost. And Pentecost is the birth of the New Testament church. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit that began the church. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that continues to grow the church. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that brings revival to every church. The Holy Spirit brought revival to these bones in the valley. And God brought life back to the valley of dry bones. But he didn't only bring life back to each body. God created an army. And this revival is not just about one person. It's about a whole body. It's about a whole army. 
The revival is for the nation of Israel. We saw the nation revive under the leadership of Nehemiah. We again see revival in the New Testament as the church dramatically grows in Acts 2. God, through his power, has created an army of believers. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit brought 3,000 people to the Lord. 3,000 people breathed new life into them. And not only Jewish, but Gentiles as well. And today, as an army of believers... God continues to speak and to pour out his power into his people, to young and old. And he has given each of you life. Not just physical life, but spiritual life through Jesus. The life-giving spirit has been poured into you, has given you life, and placed you into an army. That is his church. And we cannot just sit here We are living for a purpose. We are living to love God, to love one another. We are living to make disciples of all nations. Starting with our communities. How are we doing at that? Christian revival is allowing God to breathe life into the church, into our bodies, so that the body, the army, so that we're the body, the army that we're called to be. And we're to recognize that each person has an active part, an active role in this army, because we're all soldiers in the army. And as soldiers in the army, we're not sent out on our own strength and power, but through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has poured life into His people, and we rely, we constantly constantly rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So this passage that we've read from Ezekiel is one of hope. The sovereign God only needs to speak. And things happen. We see that already at the beginning of creation. God spoke. He said. And it was. And in fact, nobody even needed to hear it. And it still is. And when Jesus speaks in the New Testament... And we see Jesus rather speak in the New Testament. At the ascension of Jesus, Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And it happened. And God speaks to each of us each and every day. And again, sometimes we may not even hear it. But let's be intentional about listening. Because God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive and He's breathing life into you. He's affirming you as God's child. You are my child. You belong to me. I love you. I died for you. Your sins are forgiven. You have freely been given salvation. We celebrated that through Lord's Supper this morning too. And he's speaking these words to us, not only just times of communion, not only when we come to worship, he's speaking those words to us each and every day. We're called to be part of the church. A church, an army of believers who follow Jesus, who are led by him through a living, dynamic spirit who brings revival, who brings life, who brings hope. We're reminded that when we celebrate sacraments, sacrament of baptism. The Heidelberg Catechism says that 
Um, in baptism, the Holy Spirit renews me and sets me apart to be a member of Christ so that more and more I become dead to sin and increasingly live a holy and blameless life. Question and answer 70. In the sacrament of baptism, the Holy Spirit is already at work pouring breath and life into God's people. Whether an infant or an adult, the person is part of the army of God. We're reminded of that through Lord's Supper as we celebrate it again this morning when God calls those who belong to Him to celebrate. Those who are part of His army to celebrate, to take part in His rich blessings, to be strengthened in their faith in the work of the Holy Spirit. Baptized members coming together to celebrate what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done through His Spirit, through His people. Let's not deny this blessing to anybody. In a few weeks, we celebrate public profession of faith. Public profession of faith points back to God's Spirit at work in our life, at our baptism already, and through the Lord's Supper. And at public profession of faith, we affirm our baptism. Public profession of faith is, is totally connected to our baptism and to the work of the Holy Spirit in His people. The Holy Spirit continually breathes life into God's people, creating an army, creating His church, creating a revival. And today we are being revived by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who is calling us to be part of the army of Jesus, sending us out into His kingdom to people around the world. We are gathered together only to be scattered into the world. It's in John 20, 22 after Jesus' resurrection, where Jesus appeared to his disciples. And disciples probably felt somewhat hopeless after seeing their friend and their Savior crucified. But when Jesus appeared to them, what did he do? Jesus breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And they were sent out as his disciples and as his witnesses to the living gospel by the power of the living Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that life-giving spirit for his people. The Holy Spirit provides us the energy and the power that we need to live a life of obedience for Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives us direction, continually pointing us to Jesus Christ, breathing life into us, sending us out in his name, and knowing what Jesus did for all of us. As we celebrate Pentecost today, we do so celebrating the gift of the life-giving spirit in us. The life-giving spirit that powers us and directs our everyday actions. The life-giving spirit that calls us to revival. May the Holy Spirit continue to fill you more and more with the breath and life so that you can shine and share the love of Jesus Christ as his disciples, as his army. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, continue to breathe life into us, your people. Continue to equip us and surprise us in this journey in your kingdom on earth. Direct us and empower us to follow Jesus and to be the disciples and the army that you call us to be. Revive us in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, continue to affirm our faith in Jesus and to respond in gratitude for sending your Son, Jesus, to forgive us for all our sins 
and sending you, our spirit, upon us so that we can share that good news to others. Through the power of your spirit, work in us as your church to live out our mission in this world. Through the power of your spirit, work in us to recognize that you use us to expand your kingdom, to build your kingdom, to grow your church. And help us to focus on Jesus and to know that the message of Jesus never changes, but you will change us and change your church to proclaim that message. So help us to discern through your spirit how we can always reach up to you and reach into one another and reach out to all your people. And it's only in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.